Before we begin, a reminder that nothing on this podcast is intended as a statement of faith, doctrine, or fellowship, and this podcast is not affiliated with any church, school, or calling body. What's up, gents? My name is Charlie Ungemach, and you are listening to an episode of the Gird Up Broadcast. Now, the dudes are going to join me in just a minute, and we got a lot of great content coming your way. But before we do that, I just want to say thank you to all those who help support the Gird Up Project here. All of our content at Gird Up is available free to anyone anywhere in the world who might benefit from our message, and we want to keep it that way. But we also have to rely then upon the contributions of our listeners to do so. You'll never see any paywalls or exclusive content here at Gird Up. That being said, it does cost us money to put a show like this together. So if you find what we're doing here valuable and you enjoy the broadcast and you're willing and able to do so, please go to www.girdupministries.com, click on the menu, and select Buy Us a Cup of Coffee. That $5 donation goes a long way towards keeping this podcast going and helps us reach and minister to many more men just like you. Hope you enjoy the broadcast today. Let's get to it. Alright, good morning gentlemen, welcome to the Gird Up Podcast. My name is Charlie Ungemach, with me today I've got... Gustav Wenz. And... Jeff Schoen. Awesome, so you are the um, VP for Student Life, correct? And that, is that your title? That is my title, yep. Right. it's It sounds way more impressive than it is. <laughs> it means I'm... Uh, my standard line is means I'm in charge of parking and naughty students. <laughs> it sounds like a challenge. <laughs> I honestly might think it might be the, uh, I don't know, most, see, in my mind, it's like the most challenging job on campus because you got to strike a balance, but I don't know. I, I don't know. What do you think about that? That wasn't on the list of questions. A lot of, a lot of people say that, um, and, and maybe, you know, this is, I'm in, in my 26th year. And so things, you, you don't get surprised. I mean, you shouldn't ever be surprised when you're working with people and sinners. Um, and so you don't, you're not surprised. I, I uh, and you, you learn that you have to care for people. And, and in my job, that's what I do. I care for people. Um, and and so it's it's not as bad as as people make it out to be. I think that's fair. All right, so we're gonna throw a couple of rapid fire questions at sure. you here, and we'll just go back sure. and forth. Does that sound good, guess? Um, and just give us your gut reaction, just like a short reaction. One word's fine. Whatever you want to say, and then we'll keep rocking and rolling. <clears> like there. my favorite color and stuff like uh, that. Well, you'll see. All right, here we go. <laughs> um, first question: If you couldn't be in ministry, what would you do for a living? I had initially, like Luther, I should say, wanted to be a lawyer, mm. and I I think that would still be enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh. What? Okay. So I've seen you around late night once or twice. So what's your favorite late night snack? Maybe uh, not just at MLC, just in general. <laughs> um. I'm. I'm not. I, when I when I'm at late night, that means I haven't eaten supper. Oh. Ah, okay. And so, uh, if there's something there that looks 
edible. I usually have it. Um, I will say if I... Uh, Chips would be a weakness ah, for me. Just general potato chips. Gen- general potato <coughs> chips. Yeah, oh, sure. Those yeah. kettle cooked ones down in the calf are dangerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you on that. <laughs> yeah. All right. What's your favorite heresy? <laughs> My favorite heresy. Um, the heresy that I think was um, nonsensical. And mo, you know, and and some are more rational than others. Is the Jehovah's Witnesses so that when they reached their hundred and forty-four thousand, they had to change things up and, <laughs> and and figure out a way to include more people. I never thought about that before. <clears throat> I never thought about that. At some point, they were like, "Oh shoot, we can't get any bigger." Yeah, wait a, <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> we didn't think this through. Okay, Gus. all right. Uh, which one of your children is your favorite? Ooh. <laughs> uh, well, that, that one I have? can't. I have four four children, okay. and I, I <laughs> would find that very difficult to answer in, especially in a public forum uh, like yeah. a podcast. Well, that's the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what's the most? Oh, yeah. What's the most annoying thing you have to deal with as the VP for Student Life? Oh man, most annoying thing. Um, boy, that's a good question. Um, I would say people who, um, oh, I know what it is. I know what it is. You always have to, you know, as a supervisor, you know, I have, I have student workers in different (coughs) places. You have to approve all of their pay, oh, I, oh. pay things, their their ta- their punch ins, and with our our new we have a new system paycom, um, and and people don't they don't punch in or out or they punch in and out at the wrong time or they put it in the wrong place, and in fact. That's my joyous task when I get back to the office today, is to correct and approve, um, or try to correct and approve people's timesheets. Yeah, I, See, I, I that wasn't always the case. Yeah. I didn't always have to do that, but well, now you'd think it's, it'd be easier, right? Because I mean, you, I, I mean, I you like can, using Paycom. It's pretty you, simple. You can do it on the on your phone. I yeah, think. yeah. You just punch in, punch but out. But it's just amazing how many. Goof ups, screw ups, forgets. There are, mm. and then so it's kind of like a daily c- task to review timesheets, and never had to do that before. <laughs> I so. had like a two week stint last year, at, right after they started using it, where I just missed punching out like every single day. I was like, I know, <laughs> I'm pulling out my phone and punching, yeah. it. and then I realized I was punch hitting the punch out and then walking out of the Wi Fi. So before, oh, it would, before it would load oh, all the way, it would, yeah. it would be out of the Wi-Fi, and then all of a sudden, yeah, that's probably yeah. It. All yeah. of a sudden, it, like yeah. yeah, I didn't have any of my punches. Yes. All right, so. all right. Uh, last one. So, what is your favorite thing about serving at MLC? I've always thought, I've always believed um, that our Lutheran elementary schools were the jewel that the the Lord has has given us. And so Martin Luther College is the place to prepare Lutheran elementary school teachers. 
and 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 I've, I mean, I've always felt that that is the, um, perhaps the greatest treasure that we have. And I, I'm not, I'm not saying, I don't get me wrong. I'm not saying anything about any other portion of our Wells ministry. I just think this is an especially uh, precious, precious part of our ministry. I wholeheartedly agree with that. I, that that's absolutely, <clears throat> absolutely the case. I don't, I don't know. I loved being a Wells teacher, and I loved being like I. I mean, I've come through MLC twice now for a reason. Yes, I could have gone yeah. other places and done other things, and I chose to come back here. So I love this place. All right, thank yous and shout-outs. Gus, want to start us off? What's your thank you today? Uh, thank you to my girlfriend cheering me up the other day. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was just a rough one. Um, Hebrew had me down a little bit, and uh, just talking with her kind of made me not feel so bad about it, so that was pretty awesome. Uh, <laughs> she mailed me a Lego set. <laughs> And we built Legos together over FaceTime. That's amazing. That's how you do long distance right right there. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of awesome. So, yeah. Awesome. Uh, Thank you to my girlfriend. Yeah. My thank you got to Professor Paustian. We've been going through the Book of Ruth. I've mentioned it a couple of times on the podcast. And the more we go through it, the deeper and richer it is. And he does a masterful job of leading discussion in front of the classroom, too. So, it's really, except for the, uh, except for Acts, um, what, what do we call uh, the Acts of the Apostles. Except for that, it's really our first seminary-level course, and uh, it's, he's just doing a masterful job of teaching it. I know, so normally he's not the guy that teaches all the different units. I know he was a little, there's a little apprehension about you know, making sure he did a good job, but he's doing phenomenal. He had apprehension. Nobody else did. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. VP, you got a oh, thank you. Oh, <laughs> I have a thank you and a shout out. Oh, I didn't know I was going to no, do that. that's okay. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I will uh, give a shout out, uh, a thank you shout out to Laura Olson, who is uh, my assistant, my most recent assistant <laughs> and uh, in the Student Life Office, and she is doing a phenomenally good job and uh, saving my skin uh, when I, because I tend to be forgetful and she <laughs> she helps me yeah she uh we served together at st marcus years ago oh, and that sure, was awesome sure. yeah and she's like my third cousin or something like that oh. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't surprise oh, sharp, wait yeah. she's my doesn't third cousin <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay that's it's not, not true. surprising Just, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> all right shout outs uh i'll go ahead shout out my sister annalise apparently she got a paper done way before it was due and blew her classmates minds so uh yeah Shout out to Annalise for crushing it. Yeah, I shout out the homies again. They came up with a uh, a uh, study guide for the axe test we're taking later today. And it, <laughs> saved, like, it doesn't oh seem my. like it would be that like it's it's the exact same information that's on all the class materials, but you don't have to continually page through the class materials to find it, and that is incredibly helpful. That's and clutch. the fact that they're willing to do it and just put it out there and be like, "Hey guys, here's what we're studying." That. Oh, that's very helpful. Because, I mean, it literally is just cut and paste from the handouts onto a piece of paper, but it saves you so much time to not have to page around and look for everything. So, Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> and now I will give you an additional shout-out. Is that the format? Yeah. There? Oh. I, um, I will give a shout-out to my wife today who um, – because she just keeps going and going and going in that in a really 
challenging schedule as a first and second grade teacher. I mean, she gets up at 5.30 every day. She gets home at 5.30 in the evening, and then she corrects papers and goes to bed at 8.30. And wow. she does that day after day after day. It's really hard work. Yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've never been in her classroom, but I've heard from many of her students that she's just absolutely awesome, too. Yeah. Well, I, it's hard to go around town shopping or anything because everybody knows her. <laughs> this is Sean. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. All right, Gus, you want to jump into the news? Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, let's uh, talk some news real quick. And then uh, afterwards or beforehand, we can talk oh, about... Oh, yeah. Uh, just a reminder, for, uh, remember a couple weeks ago we talked about Pastor Aaron Strong, who was killed in a car accident out in Milwaukee. Um uh, they are still running a GoFundMe to help his family um, get back on their feet and keep going. So even a small donation could help the members of Grace Lutheran Church reach their fundraising goal. If you can't make a donation, it would be great if you could share the fundraiser and help spread the word. We'll put a link down in the notes below. All right, there we go. All right, so talking some news. Um, Well, uh, the... Uh, I don't necessarily want to read this article very thoroughly because maybe, I don't know. Uh, so the red wave didn't happen, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And also <laughs> President Trump just announced that he'll be, or former President Trump announced that he'll be running for the 2024 presidential bid, which is interesting. Especially after what just happened with DeSantis. Yeah. Although maybe that would make him want to stay in Florida. I don't know. But. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, you were saying earlier, like, how could they have been this wrong? But they've been this wrong many times before, and I don't understand how they can keep being this wrong. <laughs> yeah. About the predictions. <clears throat> predictions are are meant to fail. I think. <laughs> um, there's just so many times when things don't turn out the way they've been predicted to. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to, this isn't the news thing, but one, one point that sticks in my mind, um, as a, as a synod, I'll probably get fired for saying this, <laughs> as a synod, we've always tried to predict and estimate the quote number of candidates for the ministry that we need. How big should our school be? Blah, blah, blah. And we've never been right. You know, Either. we always miss, we are, we're always off and maybe we shouldn't try and <laughs> program that anymore. Um, side point. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. No, Keep I, going, it's, friends. It's on track though. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it definitely plays into the theme in the world, what the world's in right now. Uh, and in my mind, I guess, I, I guess I haven't heard anybody intelligent say this, but the, uh, um, in my mind, it kind of sticks to this idea of everybody promised a red wave. It makes it a lot easier to not go vote. You know, like, oh. oh, like if everybody's just going to vote Republican anyway, is it really that important that I go vote? That kind of thing. Whereas if you're saying, hey, it's a red wave and you're a Democrat, it makes it a little more motivating to go vote mm. in my mind. Interesting. I, I haven't heard anybody that like knows what they're talking about say that, but <laughs> that's my thought. Uh, well, your comfort is apparently no one knew what they were talking about. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. All right, so then the next piece that we'll jump into here real quick. Um, uh, well, uh, President Zelensky of Ukraine just paid a visit to the newly liberated city of Kherson. I'm sure 
Uh, Costiel, <laughs> yell at me later for mispronouncing that. Uh, he celebrated the victory and promised they were working to restore everything after Russia's not-so-peaceful retreat. And then separately, Zelensky pitched his 10-point peace plan at the G20 summit, which he called the G19, apparently to exclude Russia, even as Russia unleashed its largest missile attack of the year. It's 100 One, or something like that, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I believe so. It didn't. It doesn't give us numbers here. Uh, gives me a link. We could check it out. One Russian-made missile killed two people in Poland, but uh, Russia denies firing it, and many questions remain. So, still a lot of confusion going on over there. Yeah, you're right. The news is a downer today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, ooh, here we go. All right, some. <laughs> See, this one starts out kind of happy, and then it's gonna end on a depressing note. Okay. So, uh, Earth has hit eight billion people. So, you know, congratulations, uh, <laughs> congratulations United, Earth. Yeah, the United <laughs> Nations estimates estimates that the global population crossed the milestone yesterday, eleven years after hitting seven billion. The population has tripled since 1950. But growth is slowly uh, is slowing as for uh, uh, as fertility rates decline. Deaths are expected to outpace births by the end of the century. So you see what I mean? It's like interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then so I mean, uh, since we're here, I'll show you guys the chart that it shows. So, oh man, yeah, the bottom is yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what they've been saying for a long time. Yeah, and yeah. fertility rates are are going down, um, and I think there's a tie-in with that, if I'm not mistaken, with technology and an advancement, so to speak. Yeah. Well, and uh, some of the cultural shifts, like yeah, cultural. Both, so North America, Europe. And Asia all have had <clears throat> significantly reduced, um, like, child rates. Like, where they're having far less children. And those are your, your three three of your most populated continents um, in the world. And then Africa, depending on where you are in Africa, the violence does a whole lot of the damage to that number, too. So, yeah, yeah it's an interesting thing. Yeah, Uh so then something kind of topical for college that we should probably address. On Sunday, a 22-year-old University of Virginia student shot and killed three of the school's football players and wounded two other students. The alleged gunman, who was already facing school disciplinary action for failing to disclose a concealed weapons misdemeanor, was taken into custody after an hours-long manhunt, and he faces three counts of second-degree murder. Have you heard any of the interviews of this kid's dad Mm-mm. it was impressive to me because he kind of just owned everything like he said the last time i saw i don't remember what day he said he saw him last but he said last time i saw him he was really distraught and he said he felt like he was being bullied and i told him don't do anything about it just chill and go back to school and then when it became apparent that it was his son he just said yeah i never would have thought it'd be my son but you know, and, and like just made a lot of times in a situation like this, you get the parents saying, "Like, how could it ever be my baby?" Yeah. And he's and his dad said, "Yeah, he was, he was going through something tough, and this was not the right decision." And I, I told him not to do anything like this, but here we are. It was just, it was obviously still massively sad, hmm. and it shouldn't have happened. But right. at the same time, the that kind of accountability is really seems like it's getting more and more rare in our culture. Hmm. 
Yeah, that's that the whole business. Um, I, I, I have you either of you two read anything about this kind of event happening in other countries, other places? Ooh. Not much. I mean, here's things about um, like Australia, and there are there are a surprising number of like multi-victim incidents happening, in especially London and some of the other areas where they have like they got rid of firearms, but the violence hasn't reduced at all. Right. Right. And then and some of the numbers go down because it's a lot harder to hurt a lot of people at once. Yeah. But you still have people coming into like supermarkets with knives and things like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was just curious. If that were, I if this was really a, more of a U.S. phenomenon than yeah, I haven't heard very much news of like university type situations like this. It always seems to me that whenever it is some kind of mass violence, it's usually more of a government on the people type situation. Yeah. And I don't know. I this was just something I it might have been Jordan Peterson. If it wasn't Jordan Peterson, it was one of those kind of guys um, who was talking about the idea that a lot of these young people who are committing these types of crimes in the U.S. or in uh, Western Europe and some of these other areas, those are the same types of people who are joining uh, some of these radical groups in other areas. So they have an outlet, if you will, that it doesn't make their behavior any better, but they're a part of an organization or they have some way to oh. channel all of this hatred and disgust and things. Mm. And so, you like in, a, in the U.S., uh, what are your options? You can be a traitor against the country and go join, you know, or you can stay at home and these things eventually the pot boils over. It's it's a terrible tragedy and uh, it, it's a hard one to to really understand outside of the fact that the devil works very hard. He's a murderer. I'm I believe Jesus said and he certainly does his work. Um, Ken Harrison, the guy that's in charge of uh, Promise Keepers now, like they've had that big Promise Keepers revival. Ken yeah. Harrison, he's a he's a former LAPD cop who like runs his own company and stuff now. But he, yeah, he's also the leader of Promise Keepers, and he wrote a book called uh, Rise of the Servant Kings. And in there, he talks about it's a it's a I think it's a Walther. It's a paraphrase from Walther, I think. Um, but he talks about that idea of like if you really hated someone. Like, would not the best revenge be to take his children away? And then you think about that and you go, no, 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 no. The best revenge would be to have his children remove themselves. And you think about that a little more, you go, no, 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 no. The best revenge would be to have his children remove each other. And then you go, oh, you're still not creative enough. The best revenge you could have on a man is to convince his children to kill each other and do it because they thought it made him happy. It would give him joy. Like, that's the ultimate, and, and that's not necessarily a perfect way of looking at it, but if you're in a devil's position, and you absolutely hate the Lord of Light convincing his children to kill each other and do it in his name, seems compelling. It, it, uh, it is a interesting thought. I'm using yeah. that word. That's my key. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, I was just throwing it out there, but I, like... You look at some of the you talk just talking about that kind of temptation. You look at the screw tape letters and things. Obviously, it's not scripture, um, but uh, I think he does a masterful job of just helping you kind of think a little bit outside of the binary. The devil made me do it, or Jesus made me do it. You know, it's not yeah. it's not that yeah. simple. Yeah. 
It's been a long time since I read the screw tape letters. Yeah. Nick Crescent and Josh Ratchie and I did it as like a book club during COVID. And oh, it was really? aw- it was awesome. It was mm. awesome. It was really well timed. All right, we better jump into the second article then. Uh, So the second article of the Apostles' Creed says, and I took the most modern translation I could find here, so I believe this is the one that's in our uh, new blue hymnal. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he shall come to judge judge the living and the dead. And every time I read it, I just think of uh, Professor Nass reciting that in chapel a couple weeks ago. Yeah. It was impressive. Yeah. Barely took a breath, and it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, these are the basic the, the article. It's one of the creeds. It's one or, well, so it's part of the Apostles' Creed, and the creeds are the symbols um, that basically they are there to represent what we believe. And so if the um, if the church fathers decided that this was important enough to put in their basic statement of faith, um, it means that they consider these to be need-to-knows as far as, as faith goes and as far as Jesus goes. So um, I guess first off, any just off the upfront observations or thoughts on any of this? Well, the in my, you know, what what I, what comes to my mind, let's put it that way, is that the central teaching of the Christian church, especially the proclamation of the church, is Christ. I preach Christ and him crucified. And that's what that's what the second article is. It's it's the message of God's love, God the Father's love. It's the expansion. It's the it's the explanation. Um, and of course it ref, it refers to the action. Um, and the Holy Spirit uh, takes that message and puts it in people's hearts. Uh, in prep for today, I I read through the large catechism. Yeah, that's did you get? Yeah, yeah. And I th- I found I was actually expecting Luther to have uh, a long section on the second article, uh, but you know he's he, what he says. What I thought he said was, "There's too much here." From I I could write book upon book and sermon upon sermon on on the second article, which is what we do throughout the school or the church year, right, uh, year after year, and and so his section in the large catechism is rather short, I thought. Yeah, it's less than three pages. Yeah, and and it uh, he said it's all summed up in that. J- Jesus is our Lord, and he kind of, kind of expands upon that, right, and says that in that phrase, "our Lord," as being our Lord is is contained, Redeemer, Savior, Hope, etc., uh, etc. Et I, I thought those were interesting points. Um, so, this is the core. This is I preach Christ, uh, the whole second article. So yeah, they are must must speak, must hear, must know, must trust items. Yeah, and we talk. We've been we've been going through one section at a time, starting with the um, introduction and the Ten Commandments, and now we're on articles. And that was one of the things in the introduction that really struck me was he intended the large catechism specifically to be a daily reader for adults. 
Like you wake up in the morning, you read your Bible, you yeah. read your catechism. Yeah. Um, and if that's how if that's how you are using it, you know, you're absolutely right. We, we we're learning everything we need to know about our Savior through the other portions of well portions of Scripture, but all all the other teachings of Scripture. Um, and uh, so in each one of the commandments, you know, we're also learning about the Savior's love, and he, he paints a full picture uh, of what of what our relationship with our Savior is. I had a couple. Oh, Gus, you had some. Oh, I had a couple of questions then to kind of lead the conversation here. Um, first question was, why is it so important that we recognize that Jesus was conceived of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary? Because these are things that are explicitly stated in the Creed, right? Mm-hmm. So why did they? Why I, each one of these is just why is this important for us to understand? So that's the first one. Why why is it important for us to recognize that Jesus was conceived of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary? I mean, I, I, I think I know some answers I yeah, can go give. Ahead. Yeah, but if you guys want to, not run it. You're good. You're no. the guest. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's talk all I the time. I think this is. Uh, You're a ringer. Is, we brought you in. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is. Uh, this is doctrine 101 here. Yeah, I think yeah. right. Uh, so that our Lord Jesus was. It was and is and will always be uh, our God, and the truth, the great one of the great miracles is that God becomes man, and and of course that phrase, those phrases in the the second article certainly explain that fully human, but also fully divine, mm-hmm. um, and and that's that's the the amazing, incomprehensible truth uh, of our Savior, and so it's it's vital. Yeah, uh, it's vital. No, not conceived in the normal way. Uh, so he isn't conceived with sin. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think that's another point that the uh, dogmaticians stress too. Of course. Um, yeah. So I don't. Those, well, the only seem... the only th- if we are going to be redeemed and bought back, the there is nothing valuable enough even to buy back a single one of us, right? right? So the only thing which could purchase and buy us back has to be something beyond value, and the only thing beyond value is the Creator Himself, and mm-hmm. that Creator then sacrificed Himself to bring you and me back. Right? You talk about a statement of value, right? We can walk around with T-shirts saying "I am enough" or "You are enough" or whatever it might be, and you can feel really good about yourself. Um, but that's a pretty meager value statement compared to the creator of the universe, the Almighty, traded himself for you. Yeah. That's a pretty massive statement of value. And that's uh, that's a very useful thought when people are depressed mm-hmm. um, and thinking wrongly or, or beating themselves up. Uh, you are valuable beyond, com- beyond measure. Because Jesus shed His blood for you, um, so you're exactly right there, Charlie. Yeah. yeah. If Jesus isn't God, then what was He here for? <laughs> Why does His death matter? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the Jehovah's right. Simple. You know, the hundred forty-four thousand. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Although he is, oh, uh, he what? What? Uh, what do they consider him? Like a demigod or whatever? Yeah, word they one use. Of, well, they yeah. deny the deity, don't they? Y- yes, they're they're kind of uh, 
in some regards, I believe that they they reflect some of the Gnostic teachings mm-hmm. from from p- around the time of Christ and and afterwards. Also, what's more American than insisting Jesus had to be an American? <laughs> I just put that out there. <laughs> I had a friend in high school whose dad was a Jehovah's Witness, and that was always weird. Like not yeah. because not because it was like we were feuding constantly because of our religious beliefs it was just the way they lived was different like they didn't celebrate any major holidays they didn't do anything for birthdays and Hmm. i don't know from what i was led to understand that was because of his dad being a jehovah's witness whereas like yeah i don't know i don't know enough about their everyday (laughs) life yeah i don't really know anything i don't know if i've ever like personally known any i've known some mormons but also his dad had one lung so that was kind of well Sorry to hear that. <laughs> okay. uh, anyway. I don't know if that was related to him being a Jehovah's Witness. I don't that, know. But. It was just a fun fact. <laughs> All right. Uh, there's a huge emphasis in the creeds and in the epistles on the resurrection. Um, and obviously the early church fathers were intentional about what they stressed. So um, these kind of, I guess this goes hand in hand with the last question, but why is there such, why is the resurrection such a point of emphasis? Because they even emphasize he was actually dead physically bodily dead and then he physically bodily came back to life so why is that such a huge piece of emphasis do you think for the church fathers that's what had to happen yeah well you know paul explains this as a central belief and an understanding and reality because it's the proof that sins were forgiven right um there it is, the proof that we are right with God. And people who are right with God live. They live uh, as God always intended them to. Be, uh, to. And, and so the resurrection is, is everything. If, because without that, our, we're still in our sins. We don't know that we've been, you can't know that we've since been overcome. And, and therefore we, we certainly don't know that death has been overcome, and and so we have nothing, uh, we have nothing to hang on to, uh, and so it's central. It's just Jesus' death and resurrection. Yeah, that's what it. are we doing well, if it yeah. didn't happen? <laughs> I mean, there's such that. a heavy emphasis on it because that's probably the piece of all of this that's that everyone's so quick to deny in the first place. You know, I mean. Well, people don't like to. They deny the crucifixion, uh, and and it's uh, the atonement. Let's put it that way. They deny the atonement because they don't. You know, sin is not not a, a moral flaw. Not uh, not something that that a person is is trapped by and a slave to and and I can do do it on my own it's the works versus grace thing right uh, and so they de- they deny that and if Jesus didn't really have to come and die for my sins and it, you know the fact that there's a resurrection is foolishness mm-hmm. and I th- I'm you know isn't that what Paul got accused mm-hmm. of by the the pagans uh, f- being insane because he he put his faith in the resurrection. So those yeah. are some thoughts. Yeah. 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 And then uh, it's interesting to me, too, that at the very end, the last line of this, they switched to talk about Jesus as the judge, um, which seems a little, 
uh, in my brain at least, like we're talking about Jesus Savior, and all of a sudden he's judge. Um, why do you think the emphasis on why do you think they chose to highlight the fact that Jesus <laughs> coming back as judge, or sits on the throne already as judge? Well, something that came to my mind just now is the fact that it's going to happen. Like it's that look to the future, like this is still coming kind of thing. Like if you don't if you don't add that into this, then it's just all this happened in the past, and there's nothing for us to. I mean, it would be easy for a person to be like, oh, well, that already happened. I'm just going to live and then die. And then, you know, it's all taken care of. And so just understanding that he's going to come and judge, that's still going to happen. I don't know. It makes this more more serious, honestly. Yeah. And as a Christian, it's something we look forward to with joy. Yeah. It's the hope that I have been justified and that I have been redeemed. This is not something I look forward to. I mean, I, it is terrifying, but at the same time, it's something we look forward to with joy, recognizing I'm good. He has bled for me. He has died for me. I will not face the consequences of my sin, the eternal consequences of my sin. And so because of that, I am going to, um, I'm going to be with him on the last day. And so <laughs> you startled me there. <laughs> I did? Why? Oh, I thought well, I said uh, something about the uh, not facing the consequences of my sin, and you sat up straight. That went well. I'm looking at, say? I'm right across from the window watching the snow come down oh. big, more and more. A week ago, or two weeks ago, we had a squirrel trying to get in the window yeah. while we were recording. Oh, it was bizarre. My. Yeah. Well, uh, the thought that. <laughs> <laughs> the thought that comes to my mind, especially because this is a reference in the creed, is that um, Jesus comes as judge, and uh, that's he. You know, a judge makes two judgments, right? He can either say innocent or guilty. He can either say free or condemned, and uh, Jesus comes not only to condemn the unbelieving but he comes to commend and uh, and and reward the the believers not because they're so good in and of themselves but but because they are righteous through faith in him so uh, you know the it's a it's meant to be a a dual message there but for the faithful believer who's confessing the creed, it is like you, I think, Gus, you said before, or Charlie, that it's a joyful matter uh, because the judge um, comes to commend and reward and to show that there is, in fact, a difference between the righteous and the wicked, which has always been the complaint of God's people. Yeah. And uh, yes, it is the second. Third week, second week of November, and we have snow on the ground. So, yeah, welcome. Yes, to we do. Yeah. Yes. All right. Any last words on the creed here before we move on? Mm-hmm. All right. I think the creed is a good thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> <There you laughs> go. yep. agreed. Yep. Yeah. Well, to just have that clear and simple statement: Do we agree on this? Is this what you believe? Yeah. Uh, awesome. Obscure Bible trivia then today. Obscure. Right? Obscure. Yeah. Okay. Or obscure. Whatever. Yeah, uh, so we got three questions. Actually, four questions. I brought in a bonus question today, and we had to up the ante mm. a little bit since we have. Where'd you get these ones? Uh, not off the Catholic website, so <laughs> we're good this time. Yeah. We were we oh, were God. running off questions. Of, yeah, we were running off of a Catholic website a couple weeks ago, and it was asking about like Maccabees and stuff. Oh, like that. How yeah. many angels are me- me- mentioned oh, in the yeah. Bible? And it was like seven or something. I think that 
the answer they would have wanted was seven. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. It, the, yeah. Like the mutant teenage Ninja turtles. Tur- yeah. You know, <laughs> a, Raphael and yeah, yeah, sir. Michelangelo. Yes, yeah, sir. Something like that. All right, so question number one. <clears throat> In Ezekiel 8, verse 3, the spirit dangles the prophet over the city of Jerusalem, holding him up by what part of his body? Do you want an answer? Yeah. <laughs> his hair. Yes, a strand of his hair. Oh, wow. <clears throat> yeah, good. All right, told you we had to up the ante for today. Yeah, I didn't. All right. Yeah. There's question number two. There is only one woman in the Old Testament whose age is given. Who is she, and how long did she live? Hmm. I probably should know that. Was it Ruth's mom? The how long did she live is a key there. Oh, wait. One woman in the Bible. And in the Old long, Testament. In the Old yeah. Testament. And how long did she so live? So it have been Sarah? It is Sarah. How I, long did I'm she live? I'm tempted to say Sarah. Yeah. Uh, well, it was more than 100, so she right? she was 90. Um... I'm going for 120. Close. 90, I would say 115. 127. 127. 127. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. They I did gave not us know that. Year, uh, and I thought it was just oh, and she lived past this. I, yeah. I didn't know it. Yeah, okay. they gave us the, her her age when he appears when she's when uh, Isaiah when God appears to him when Isaac is born and then also her the year that she dies so wow the really crazy thing is then Abraham gets remarried and has a bunch more kids which quite is, a that few is more kids old man yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right question yeah. number so we're we're one for two here um, fighting for pride at this point here we go what is the name <laughs> of the leader what was the name of the leader of the armies of Israel who asked Deborah to lead them into battle. You know, Gus. I don't. I don't know. Bayrack. Yeah, Bayrack. Oh wow. Bayrack. Yeah. Mm. All right. Bonus question. Here we go. Well, she also. If you so, if you're reading through the book of Judges, and she says something to the effect of like, because you wouldn't lead them into battle, then a woman will yes, get the glory she's, for the She's victory. the only one who understands man-woman issues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah. I won't argue. No, with you. seriously. That's what I in class. That's what I always say. That uh, Deborah uh, is the one person in this whole mix who understands the responsibilities and privileges that God gives to men and women uh, in their relationship with each other. Yeah, yeah. Well, and what I was going to say is uh, the uh, I, I'm going to use that. I think I'm going to start adapting that for myself. But I'll always give you credit. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, uh, yeah, so she says, you know, a woman will get the the glory, and you kind of assume it's going to be Deborah then, but then it's it's a maid. Well, it's a now somebody's wife. It's someone's but, wife. Yes. Yeah, and it's uh, yeah, just the it's it's just such a cool story in my mind, and also <laughs> the idea of talk about a strong woman putting a tent peg through somebody's temple while yeah. he sleeps, Ooh, or welcoming your sworn enemy into your home and then putting a tent peg through his head, woofta. Yeah, that's a 
All the times. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm looking for in a woman, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, bonus, just question. A woman who bonus question. Bonus <laughs> question. Bonus, bonus question. Bonus question. <laughs> there are a number of people in the Old Testament whose names are palindromes. In other words, when the name is spelled backwards, oh. it's still the same oh. as spelled forwards. Example, Hannah, H-A-N-N-A-H, or Asa and Era. Um, however, there is only one person in the entire New, Te- New Testament whose name is a palindrome in English. In English. What is the name? Mm, that's, a, that's a bonus question. Yeah. All right. She's in the Gospels. So it's a woman. Oh, yeah. It's also a woman. <laughs> it's a woman who's in the gospel. Um, Anna. Yeah, Anna it is. Anna it is. There we go. Awesome. Nice work. We'll give you guys a victory on that one. You have defeated trivia. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see what time we got. We're at 43, so we got about five minutes to talk about um, Thanksgiving traditions. Thanksgiving traditions you should try this year. Anybody have any they want to start with? I'm going to start with the obvious one, actually. Go to church. Hey. Yeah, most churches either have a Wednesday evening or a Thursday morning service, mm-hmm. um, especially more uh, traditional churches have either a thir- Wednesday evening or Thursday morning worship service, or both. Mm-hmm. Go to one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to say, I can't remember. It, for some reason, that's the one church service growing up that seems to escape my mind. But apparently we went to it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to Annalise about that. Um. Uh. Well, you could uh, try fitting a turkey on your head. You know, some Mr. Bean. <coughs> yeah, that's a very <laughs> common. Uh, some Mr. Bean a, friends. At, hey, it's something you should try. <laughs> <laughs> they do it on I'll, all those I'll, shows. I'll talk to my grandkids about that. <laughs> see, if, <laughs> see if they like that. There you go. What you got? Um. Well. They don't have to all be religious. Oh, no, not at all. Right. I have, uh, for a number of years now, gotten together with my second daughter, um, who... Now we know. What? (laughs) Nothing. Anyways, (laughs) she and I I like to search out all sorts of recipes for side dishes ah, yeah. okay, okay. and so we we uh we really enjoy that yeah uh, creating some delicious thanksgiving side dishes what creation are you most proud of yeah. to this point? oh boy there's been so many there's been a <laughs> lot <clears throat> some lemony smashed potatoes come to mind uh some uh, um Oh, I think there was there was some kind of pear tart that we made that was delicious. There was uh, sweet potato slices with um, I can't remember exactly what we put on top of them, but it was sugar? no, 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 no. Oh, it no. was okay. it was something savory. <laughs> oh, savory! Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. But th- I mean, those are some things. Yeah, that yeah. 
Yeah, I've got some squash in the kitchen there. I'm excited about cooking there up, you too. Go. I'm try that out. If I do a good job, I might have to bring it out on Thanksgiving, too. There you we'll go. see. Okay. Yeah. All right. You guys got another one? Uh, it's your turn. Buddy. Oh, it is my turn. Yeah. You're right. I'm going to say go for a walk in the woods Ooh, for okay. two reasons. One, um, it gets you out of the house sometimes. Sometimes, like by the time, especially if you if you're mm-hmm. like in education circles or anything like us, um, you ca- you usually get pretty much Wednesday off, and so you end up with two or three days in a row where you're either insanely busy or just stuck in the house. And for me, it's like right around three or four o'clock on Thanksgiving, I'm starting to get absolutely stir crazy like i start getting cabin fever to the max and i gotta get out of the house so yeah just going for a walk in the woods and it's a good way to work off all that food too and if there's family members you haven't seen for a while things like that and you go for a walk with them have some deep conversations yeah Yeah. Yeah. or just have a conversation with jesus Uh we um have not every time but many times that's uh Decorate for Christmas Day. Uh, Decorate the house. That's the Wait, day Thanksgiving. after yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah, Although, well, okay. Day I, after I will say, this year, since I don't have class on Tuesdays, and I'm not leaving until Tuesday night, I might decorate before I leave before for Thanksgiving, leave. Yeah. but we'll see. Okay. Guess what you got? Uh, well, this year you could build a snowman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it appears that way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who's to say what it'll look like by Thanksgiving next week? It's but not going to get warm until after that, though. And we gonna... will. The snow will melt, probably. But well, and you're not going to want to make. Is a... it going to get warmer again? Yeah, Joe? but probably not until like the end of next week. Is what it's oh, okay. okay. Well, in that case, you know, don't build a leaf pile either, because those are going to be real soggy. And nasty. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we're going to try and have a fire on Friday night, so. Yeah. We'll see. How that, it's yeah. gonna be cold, cold, cold too. It'll be kind of fun, though. but we got lots of wood cozy. out there. It'll be so. cozy. Yeah, yeah. We'll let you guys know next week how the fire yeah. went. The kind of thing that you know people always dream they do, and then when they do it, they're like, "Wow, I now know why we don't do this more often." <laughs> We're gonna give it a shot, though. We'll see what happens. <laughs> All right, so that's my second one, anyway. All right, VP, you got another one. I don't know. I, I that's I. Uh, is there something on Thanksgiving that you've always wanted to do? That you uh, like to putting do? a turkey on your head? Like putting a turkey on your head? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I have never, ever wanted to do that. Uh, I'll have okay. to bring it up this year <laughs> uh, and see. No, I, I don't know. I think that might be it for me today. Uh, right? Yeah, I'm a big Fair fan enough. of festive socks. Festive there was, a, there was a point at which yeah. I had a different pair of Christmas socks for every single day of December. Yeah. I can't oh break my. that anymore. I can't say that anymore. And to be fair, a bunch of those were like dollar store socks that I eventually just threw away because they were so awful. Mm. But I do still have many pairs of Christmas socks. And my new pride and joy, I got them for Thanksgiving last year, is a pair of turkey socks. And I have, they're not like, they're not like gaudy either. They're not. You know, ridiculous. It's just a, it's a tan pair of socks with turkeys all over them, and it is. I love them. Yeah, it's a good. Yeah, there you go. they get wa- they get worn and washed like every day during the week of Thanksgiving. It's yeah. uh, sounds wonderful. Yeah, it's yeah. a good pair of socks. Yeah. All right. Well, then I've got two that I'll throw out there just because. All right. uh, so one, uh, something my family usually always tries to do, uh, flag football. Mm. We have a huge Uh flag football game out at one of the parks near our house. Um, Super awesome. But beforehand, my aunt makes us all do a fun run. (laughs) Quotations. (laughs) Always quotation marks around the words fun run. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 
where it's like so the the park is like two football three football fields like not long but oh man if you sat them this way okay yeah right and uh on each corner of the park she puts a different like workout so you jog to a corner and then you have to do 25 push-ups and then you jog to the next corner and anyway i feel like that's sacrilegious on thanksgiving well, it's in prep. It's in prep for the oh, dinner. Oh, it's in prep. Yeah, okay. That's the yeah, whole prep. Your dinner. Okay. Yeah. okay. That makes yeah. a little sense. Also, it makes sense to get everybody else out of the house. So the, yeah. The, like finish. The couple of people cooking can finish yeah. cooking. Oh, no. Yeah. Everybody goes. Oh, everybody goes? I'm usually goes? the one cooking at that time, uh-huh. too. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm a big turkey guy. I'm You're a big turkey, turkey guy. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. you, you don't cook the turkey, turkey while it's on your head. <laughs> I got this image of Gus with a turkey on his head in the oven. oven. (laughs) It's easy, man. You just don't you don't have to use your hands. But it's time to rotate the turkey. He just flips upside down. Uh, uh, anyway, okay. okay. Yeah. And then one okay, I'll throw this other one out. It would now we haven't done I haven't done this, but I figured it'd be kind of fun if you did tie blankets. Like you go to Joanne Fabrics or something like that. And you know what I'm talking about where you get like two big sheets of mm. patterns that you like. Usually it's like one solid color and then the other one's a Yeah. Yeah. Like a football team or whatever. Right, I, I know what you mean. Cut all the sides and then make a tie oh, yeah. blanket. I feel yeah. like that would be a fun thing to do yeah that'd be kind of cool well you could feel like you only do that for so many thanksgivings in a row before you just have too many blankets yeah but if you're just gonna try well, it I mean, this year yeah, just try yeah. it this year all right it's the way you phrase the statement. well the t- tradition would imply every year you know well, like once you put a turkey on your head well, once you're gonna do like... it every year <laughs> apparently <laughs> yeah, yeah apparently. That's, that's true that's true <laughs> yeah. no I'm my my to... last one was uh charlie brown thanksgiving you gotta watch charlie brown thanksgiving oh, yeah that's that's pretty I, good it's so good yeah, yeah the, i like good. the fact that there's conflict like there's some angst going on there right. of like oh yeah. like, we gotta get this and then it turns out to didn't be they make a new thanksgiving one last year or a i kind of hope ago. they didn't it was honestly. like a you know what that sounds familiar 3D animated type that sounds familiar 2D. i don't think i've seen it yeah i heard it was pretty good actually okay i don't know in my opinion anything that was anything peanuts post charles schultz just isn't as good mm. yeah that's I, what i that's my opinion i gotta say my family we usually just watch football or something and whatever movie came out at that yeah, time. Yeah, watch the Lions lose. That's a good one. Yep, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta. Have, we should have had Connor out here so we can make fun of the Lions losing on Thanksgiving. Oh, they, they win on Thanksgiving fairly often, don't they? Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Even if it's their only win of the year. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Any other Thanksgiving traditions to throw out there? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, guys, make sure you tune in next week for these our special Thanksgiving broadcast. We're going to make sure that it goes out on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving there instead of go. Saturday, so you got something to listen to while you're driving home or getting your turkey ready or whatever it might be. So we'll get together uh, early in the week, put together a Thanksgiving episode for the broadcast, and then we'll have a Thanksgiving episode next week too. Uh, so we'll see you guys then. Last thing on the agenda today then is Christ the King Sunday. Also, I think we're a week behind, but I just wanted to cover this text because it's awesome. Uh, we're reading from Isaiah 51, verses 4 through 8 today. Listen to me, my people. Hear me, my nation. Instruction will go out from me. My justice will become a light to the nations. My righteousness draws near speedily. My salvation is on the way, and my arm will bring justice to the nations. The islands will look to me and will wait and hope for my arm. Lift up your eyes to the heavens. Look at the earth beneath, and the heavens will vanish like smoke, and the earth will wear out like a garment, and its inhabitants will die like flies. But my salvation will last forever. My righteousness will never fail. 
Hear me, you who know what is right, you people who have taken my instruction to heart. Do not fear the reproach of mere mortals or be terrified by their insults. For the moth will eat them up like a garment, the worm will devour them like wool. But my righteousness will last forever and my salvation through all generations. Okay, I have to admit, as I was reading, as I was reading verse 5, I suddenly got Mrs. Doubtfire's voice in my head saying, Help is on the way! (laughs) Which... (laughs) That's an interesting thought, Charlie. I think there's some application. Yeah, so... (laughs) Jesus is like Mrs. Doubtfire. He's... Clothed in human flesh, just as <laughs> no, no, oh, I, I think we should we're cut it off. That. There. We're stretching that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thoughts. I I love the apocalyptic language. Just combined. It's like apocalyptic hope. Apocalyptic hope, and it's a cool. I don't know. I I like the. Uh, it, I don't know. It's got some intensity to it. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that um, I I wonder if you picked up. The parallelism here, of course, this is poetry, and and that parallelism helps us understand. But notice how, uh, in what I what catches my eye, is the word justice, righteousness, salvation. They're all linked together, mm-hmm. um, and so when you when you see the word. My arm will bring, verse 5, a different approach to (laughs) verse 5 is righteousness is coming, salvation on the way. Justice is, I'm going to, my strength is going to bring justice to the nations. And um, I think that's a useful, you know, it's useful to see how uh, the prophet here is is linking these concepts so that we can understand what righteousness is. It's not a, the demand of righteousness. It's the the gift of righteousness. It's it's uh, not justice in the uh, condemnation sense in this context. It's it's justice in the salvation sense. Yeah, I think it ties in well with what we were talking about earlier with the creed. Like yeah. judgment is a joyful thing for those who are in him and it's and it is a terrifying thing it's meant to be a terrifying thing for those who are not but not it's not supposed to be the end of the story either it's supposed to be something that terrifies you and so you return to him and put your trust mm-hmm. in him yeah no i was just going to comment on the you who know what is right you know in the verse 7 there we're the ones that know what is right and so we don't have to fear what the rest of the world's going to do to us or say to us. And I don't know. It's just, it's awesome to have that confidence right there. Yeah. Well, and scripture tells us this is going to be foolishness to the world. Yeah. It's going to be foolishness to anyone who doesn't believe. Um, I, I, I think sometimes we, uh, sometimes we don't take that with as much uh, weight as it should, as we should, both from the perspective of, uh, we try and explain our faith instead of just calling it faith. We try and explain our faith scientifically, and say, "Oh, well, look at all this evidence of how tr- how real God is." Always a mistake. Yeah, 
And then from the other perspective, we also make the mistake oftentimes, I think, of expecting those who are living in darkness to behave as if they've seen the light. Mm. You know? Yeah. Um, uh, we, I don't, I don't know, VP Shillen, you might have a, uh, some insight on this too, but I think we often frustrate ourselves as Christians, and uh, I'm not sure we're doing anybody in or outside of the church a favor when we try and insist that unbelievers live according to the law of the Lord. And well, I, I think you can look at that matter in two different ways. One, the only way we can live according to the law of the Lord is by the power of the Spirit. And so only believers can strive to live uh, according to the way of the Lord. And even then, Paul says, uh, you know, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to the, uh, that, to the Lord Jesus does that. Um, so on the, on the one hand, only God can bring people into his way. I'll say it that way. On the other hand, um, we, we do want the, we do want to, you know, it's part of our Christian message is that we, we preach Christ and what is the fulfillment of our faith in Christ? It's love. Love is finally the end goal, that perfect, perfect love, which is like God's love itself. And, and so we do want people everywhere to live in love, to live in the Lord's love. Um, but we can't expect that they're going to do that simply because we we show the commandments to them. They're not going to follow the commandments because we don't even follow the commandments. Nobody does. Um, Jesus did for us, and through you know the life that I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. So um, I think that's that's the way I would look at at that those that two kinds of senses yeah well here's another one just to throw all the hot button topics out there right um when you read a section of scripture like this um you can clearly see god calling people back to him right which then creates challenges sometimes for people um when they consider the idea that faith means that god comes and lives within me right the spirit comes and lives within me um and so you have people worldwide who don't believe in the message of the gospel, and they try then to put the blame on God and say, why doesn't God save these people? Mm. And in a section like this where he's continually calling out, and he's also saying, you know, there's punishment coming, but there's righteousness in me. How come God doesn't bring those people to faith? Why some, not others, is the classic uh, question. Um, we can only go, of course, by what the Scripture tells us. And we know for a fact that the Scripture says um, God wants all people to be saved. And and he's calling out to everyone. Um, but some don't believe. Some reject. And I don't know that we can... We should we should just stop there in our 
in our thinking mm. because that's all that the Scripture reveals to us. Yeah. Some believe, some do not. And if they believe, it's God's to God's uh, glory and because of his power. And if they don't believe, it's their own fault. Yeah. And, and that's nonsensical and it's irrational. Um, it's, it's beyond us. Yeah. And, and to maybe take that one step more practi- practical, if you will. I don't know if that's the right word. Um, but when, when God says, I am a jealous God punishing the children for the sins of, the fa- of their fathers to the third and fourth generations. Again, it's, it's not really fair to punish children for the sins of their fathers. But it's a natural consequence of the sins of our fathers um, that those right. who reject him and turn away mm-hmm. from him, then their children also are in the same position. Yeah. Well, and I think the people that are expecting God to just openly save everyone, uh, you be know, and care- expecting... Be careful. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> right, so salvation's offered to everyone, but it's the, like, the idea that... I think what comes to mind is the fact that a lot of people don't want to change their behavior after... after You, you, you see where I, I'm trying to go... I Maybe. I think that's true of everybody. Yeah, a b- a believer and 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 non-believer, we we have our, our sinful nature is this. Well, Luther said what uh, um, some kind of ass. <laughs> I can't remember. I can't <laughs> yeah. remember the word incorrigible ass or something like that. Who's mm. always going to buck? Always. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and that's me. Um, I I think maybe the the way to go salvation offered to all is one way to say it, but um, the apostle Paul says that Christ died for the ungodly. He died for the world. The world was paid for. The world was paid for. Um, and. Some people say, "Ah, no thanks, I don't need it," yeah. and and others, by the grace of God, um, rejoice in it. Well, and that's yeah, that's the phrase that was coming to my mind too, from the perspective of, um, it's like sometimes as believers we tend to kind of sit up there, and take a little too much credit for our own faith, and fail to recognize that. Yeah. But for the grace of God, go I. Like that would be me had it not been the grace of God. Um, Right. And instead of turning around and accusing the one who redeems me, um, perhaps <laughs> perhaps an attitude shift is in order. Yeah. I thought I had a thought. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe I didn't. So. All right. Well, we're just about out of time, so thank you, VP Schoen, for being on today. The king bro, if you will. (laughs) 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 Yeah, we we avoided using sugar bear until now. Ah, okay. I threw it in there at least once. So yeah, thanks for being on the show. Um, Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We'll talk to you guys early next week. Go be the man that God created you to be. We'll talk to you next time. On behalf of all those involved in producing, recording, editing, and distributing this episode, thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. 
If you'd like to contact us with comments, questions, or suggestions, you can reach out to us at any of the links in the description below or on our website. Please consider supporting the work of Gird Up Ministries by donating on Patreon, shopping at our online store, or making a $5 cup of coffee donation at www.girdupministries.com. Those donations help us make more great content just like this for young men just like you. Make sure you like, friend, follow, and subscribe to Gird Up and all of our guests on your social media platforms, and consider leaving a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to the Gird Up podcast so that others can find us and be blessed by our content too. As always, thanks for listening. Now go and be the man that God created you to be. We'll see you next time.